What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What is up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Week one is on its way. Oh my goodness, I have not been this excited to record a podcast. I always love recording the podcast, absolutely, but... I have never been so excited to record a podcast more than today. Our season is about to begin. This should be coming out on a Wednesday. That's what you guys can expect in the future. I'm going to run one podcast episode every week through the season. I'm going to give you a recap on the season beforehand and what to look forward to, who to start, who to sit, what are some betting lines that I like. All of that stuff for the future week, the week that's upcoming. Obviously, we don't have a week behind us because we're going into week one. So this podcast episode is going to be a little bit shorter. I'm going to give you guys my starts for the week, my DFS plays, my sits, and which guys I think you need to manage your expectations on that were super highly drafted. I'm going to give you my five favorite betting lines. I'm going to give you a new, a completely new segment. We didn't have it last year. It's going to be called Betting on the Underdog. And I'm going to pick four to five underdogs, according to Vegas, that I think are going to win, or the underdogs most likely to win. And then I'm going to give you guys my survivor pick, as always. So we got some good content coming. I'm excited. We're going to get into it. And it's going to start off with our starts and sits. And we're going to look right at the first game. My very own Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to take on the Dallas Cowboys. We get the Super Bowl ceremony. And then we're going to get Ronald Jones running for 100 yards. Chris Godwin catching a touchdown pass. Mike Evans catching a touchdown pass. Antonio Brown breaking 65, 70 receiving yards. Tom Brady having a 20-plus point fantasy day. It's going to be raining fantasy points for the Buccaneers. They looked ready to go. Their offense was humming when Brady got on the field with the starters in the preseason game. Three drives. The first one was a little hiccupy, and then after that, it was so smooth, perfect, right down the field, two 90-yard touchdown drives. Now, it was worth, sorry, it was against or versus a bad defense, yes, but if we're talking about the Dallas defense, does Dallas even have a defense? No, they don't. No, they don't. So, it's going to be a great day for fantasy players that have bucks. And that's why my first start or DFS play is Ronald Jones versus Dallas. A lot of you guys picked up Ronald Jones probably in the 8th or ninth round of your fantasy draft as your most likely running back 3, maybe even running back 4. So, he's not usually somebody you're going to be starting. But I'm telling you this week, it's probably a good week to do so. Brandon, what about Leonard Fournette? You said... Leonard Fournette's going to start off the season as the dude. He may, and that's why you can play him as well. But Ronald Jones, especially in DFS, is actually, at least last time I checked, 
a little bit cheaper than Leonard Fournette. So, yeah, give me Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is going to do very good things. He looked good in the preseason. He was running it with the starters, had a touchdown run, looks good, fresh, determined, motivated, and ready to go. So Ronald Jones is my first start for week one versus Dallas on Thursday. Now, another start. Now, obviously, you're starting this guy, so this is more of a DFS play. Kyler Murray versus Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is going to be one of the worst in the league this year. Maybe I shouldn't go that far, but they're definitely a bottom 10 defense in the league. Kyler Murray has got another year with DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Chase Edmonds there. He's got Rondale Moore added into the offense. Some of you might think A.J. Green is an upgrade. I don't, but some of you may want to count that as an upgrade. Kyler Murray's going to be able to run the ball as always, but he's also going to be better at passing this year, I think, than last year, especially if Rondell Moore starts getting involved. It might not happen right away, but Kyler Murray versus Tennessee is one of the superstar quarterbacks that have a really good matchup this week, so that's somebody I would definitely be looking at in DFS. The other elite quarterback with a great matchup that I'm looking at in DFS is Lamar Jackson. He's facing the Raiders. They don't have a great defense either, and with Rashad Bateman out, and all the other dudes that are banged up in that offense. Lamar Jackson's going to have to lean on those legs a little bit, especially with Dobbins out and him not taking some carries inside the five. Now, Lamar was already stealing plenty of carries inside the five, but it's possible he takes even more with J.K. Dobbins now out for the season. So Lamar Jackson, his rushing upside actually, in my opinion, is higher now, and his rushing floor is probably also higher now that J.K. Dobbins has gotten hurt. His passing... Upside is not really hurt too much by J.K. Dobbins because Gus Edwards is also very efficient in the backfield. So I like Lamar Jackson a lot. He's the other elite quarterback I'm looking at in DFS versus the Raiders. Then we've got Chase Edmonds versus Tennessee. Once again, we're looking at the fact that it's an easy matchup. Chase Edmonds profiles to be the main running back for them, at least right now. We'll see what happens in the red zone. That's something to keep an eye on. How many touches Edmonds gets versus James Conner. But Chase Edmonds should be lined up for a very good role versus Tennessee. It's going to be a good game script for him. They're probably going to be either ahead or right there in the game the entire time. So Chase Edmonds is going to either be able to get some good carries or he's going to be involved in the receiving game. He's actually one of those running backs that's always going to be safe depending on game script because they're not going to just go to James Conner if they're up by a bunch. And this is a sneaky game because Tennessee's favored. And it's possible the Cardinals can pull it out. I didn't put them in my betting on the underdog, though, because I do think Tennessee's going to win. But I think Tennessee's going to pull it out at the end. I don't think that this is going to be your normal Tennessee gets up early and pounds the rock with Derrick Henry. I think we're going to see a little bit different team this year. They've got Julio Jones. They've got A.J. Brown. And the Cardinals don't have a great uh, great defense themselves. So I think this actually might be a nice high-scoring game. So I really like it. And this is also not in my betting lines, but I'm giving you guys as much info as possible. If you wanted to hit the over on this game, I don't think that's a bad idea. Even though they have Derrick Henry and that might run out the clock a bunch, I I think that these both of these teams are going to be throwing up a lot of points. So this is a good team for fantasy games as well. Now another quarterback that I really like, that you should be starting, even if he's your quarterback too, is Jalen Hurts versus Atlanta. Atlanta also, once again, has a very bad defense. It's a huge factor when it comes to matchups week to week is what defense are they playing against? Well, Jalen Hurts 
is playing against a very bad one. He's got good legs. He's got an upgrade in Devonta Smith. He's got an upgrade in a healthier Jalen Rager compared to last year. He's got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard obviously being the number one. He's got Miles Sanders. He's got Kenny Gainwell, a great receiving back that they just drafted. So it's looking pretty good for Jalen Hurts. And Atlanta, they might be able to put up some points as well. The Eagles defense isn't amazing either. So this is another game that might have a lot of fantasy points in it. And we'll actually be talking about that, that betting line in a little bit. James Robinson versus Houston. Slam that absolutely. Houston is not going to have Deshaun Watson. If Houston does not have Deshaun Watson, they're not going to win the game. And if they're not going to win the game, then the Jaguars are going to run the clock out because they're going to be ahead. And Trevor Lawrence is a rookie, and they're probably not going to want him throwing the ball a whole bunch more than he needs to if the game is within reach to just run it out and win. So that's what they're going to do with James Robinson. Now that Travis Etienne's out the picture, this might be one of the best weeks of James Robinson's entire season because Houston has a horrible defense, and this might be one of the times that James Robinson gets the most touches. As the season progresses and Trevor Lawrence gets more comfortable, it's possible that they start to throw a little bit more. Plus, they're not going to have a game script again like Houston until they play Houston again. So it's a great situation, great scenario. I like James Robinson a lot. Plus, he's going to be a little bit cheaper than he probably should be in DFS. Brandon Cooks versus Jacksonville. This is another good one. Now, I have no idea what quarterback, and you don't either. Maybe you do by the time this comes out, but I'm recording this a little bit early. We have no idea who's throwing the ball to Brandon Cooks. It doesn't really matter. Jacksonville does not have the corners to be able to hand it, handle Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks is like the only stable target in that offense. He's the only person. Randall Cobb was going to be another one, and then he got traded to Green Bay. So he's the only person that's consistent that's still there. Will Fuller, Brandon, Randall Cobb, and Brandon Cooks were the, the three receivers last year, and two of them are gone. Brandon Cooks has always been good. He's been a top... 16 wide receiver five of the last six years he's been great always and yeah he's always had a good quarterback but even if his quarterback play is bad in a matchup like this and with the targets that he's going to get being the absolute surefire number one target in that offense this year you're going to get at least double digit points from him against Jacksonville so he's somebody that I like a lot you could start him up you could play him in DFS as one of those cheaper options He's been slept on. He's been going super late in drafts just because of the situation. But I think we've gotten to the point where we're overreacting to the situation in Houston for Brandon Cooks. So he's a play I like a lot. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd versus Minnesota. Notice I'm not going to say Jamar Chase. He has yet to show he's too risky. Jamar Chase is too risky to play right now. He has yet to show that you should trust him. So right now, I'm all in on T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I already was all in on that whole entire wide receiver core. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins were all ranked inside the top 25 fantasy wide receivers for me this year because that Cincy offense is going to be funneled through their three receivers. Now, it might look a little bit different, and that would be more beneficial to Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins with Jamar Chase struggling right now trying, trying to get back into football. So you've got Minnesota corners, which are not great. And you've got the fact that Minnesota's probably going to be ahead of Cincy. So Cincy's going to be playing catch-up. So they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd don't have talented guys that are going to be covering them. And T. Higgins has got huge touchdown potential. Tyler Boyd's got huge volume potential. I like them both a lot versus Minnesota. I'm starting them both. I actually have a... There's one team that I posted on Twitter and Instagram that you guys might have seen. Super stacked. Super, super stacked. It's a keeper league. 
I had Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Calvin Ridley, Antonio Gibson, all these guys that I traded away last year because I couldn't keep them because I was at my keeper limit. So I traded all those guys away for higher picks in the draft. So like my latest pick in an 18-round draft was round 12. So by the way, that's a way to manage your off-seasons and like dynasties and keepers. Make sure you're getting the trade value out of guys. Don't be lazy. Put in the work, right? That's what I did in that league. But Tyler Boyd was one of the later people that I drafted because I knew I could get him in round nine, which is where I got him. But I'm going to start him over a bunch of guys I took in round seven and eight because I had multiple picks in those rounds because of this matchup. So Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, start him up first Minnesota. Dalvin Cook on the other side of the ball versus Cincy. I just said Minnesota's going to be up since he's going to be trying to play catch up. If Minnesota's up, they're going to be running the ball with Dalvin Cook and since he does not have a good run defense. So Dalvin Cook's Probably the guy I'm dropping a huge amount of money on when it comes to DFS. Obviously, you're going to start him. So that's why this whole segment is about starts and DFS plays. Because I want to give you supreme confidence in guys that you usually wouldn't start. And I want to highlight the players that you're always going to see good numbers from for DFS purposes and say, hey, they're actually worth the money you have to pay for them. So that's why I'm saying Dalvin Cook for Cincy. And then I actually have a defense, Rams, versus Chicago, that's probably the defense I'm going with in DFS because they're going to be worth the money. Absolutely, the Rams are going to destroy Andy Dalton. And even if Fields comes in or even if Fields starts, it's going to be his rookie start versus Aaron Donald behind an offensive line that still has got a ways to go. So Rams defense versus Chicago, I'm all about that. Now let's talk about some sits and what I like to say, expectation management. So we've, we've got our studs that you're going to have to start, but I'm just telling you, manage your expectations, all right? And then we've got the people that you just outright want to sit. We'll start with somebody you need to manage your expectations for. Going back to the Thursday game, the very first game of the season, Ezekiel Elliott versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is not going to have a fun time because Tampa's going to get up. Tampa's going to get up quick and early. And if that's the case, Dallas is not going to be afforded the opportunity or the luxury to run the ball a lot. If they're not able to run the ball a lot, Zeke is losing out on some valuable touches. And not only that, but Tampa Bay has the best run defense in the league. The best run defense in the league. So am I starting Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, you kind of have to. But am I going to expect 16 to 20 points? No. I'll be happy if he gets that, and it's possible he gets that. But you need to manage your expectations extremely for Elliott and stay away from him in DFS. Justin Herbert versus Washington. This is another one that you're definitely staying away from in DFS. But also, I would say, if you have another quarterback option and they have a decent matchup, I would probably sit Justin Herbert versus Washington. Washington added William Jackson, a very good corner from Cincy, as their cornerback two now. And so they've got a good secondary at least a good corner room, along with a sick D-line and a good linebacker room. Their defense is probably the best defense overall in the league, either them or Tampa. Maybe there's a sleeper in there that I'm forgetting about at the moment. But Washington and Tampa are the two best defenses, and Herbert is going to have a very tough time, I think, versus Washington. Hence the first game of the season with a new coaching staff. So that doesn't bode well for him as uh that doesn't bode well for him either. So Justin Herbert for me I'm staying away from and I'm sitting him if I have a better option. The Bills running backs versus Pittsburgh, you got to sit them. 
Pittsburgh has a good defense, and the Bills running backs are always losing touches and touchdown opportunities to Josh Allen, so no thank you. Not too much explaining there. You're pretty much always going to hear me say, sit the Bills running backs. That's why I pretty much drafted them never. Never. Not in any leagues do I have. I actually have zero shares. No Devin Singletary, even though I love the dude. He's super talented, in my opinion, compared to how people view him, but he's never given the opportunity. So Devin Singletary I have zero shares of in double-digit leagues that I'm in, and Zach Moss I have zero shares of in the double-digit leagues that I'm in. So I'm always going to tell you to sit the Bills running backs. I stayed away from them for a reason. Saquon Barkley versus Denver. This is a manager expectations. It's going to be hard to sit him, especially if you got him in the first round, which I don't think is a bad pick. A lot of people are freaking out saying, oh man, if you took Saquon in the first round, that's going to suck for you. He's not going to get a big workload at all throughout the whole season, and he's going to be a disappointment. All right, guys, settle down. Settle down. Saquon Barkley is one of the most talented running backs in the league. He is just a absolute freak of nature, and he's going to be just fine. And I think he will be worth that first round draft selection. But first Denver, manage your expectations because I think Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. Daniel Jones is probably going to be turning the ball over versus, once again, another really good defense. Obviously, we're talking about sits and guys that we should expect to not do too well. So every team we're mentioning here that's going against the players I'm mentioning is going to be a good defense. So with Denver having probably a top six defense in the league, and Daniel Jones being turnover prone and him not looking any better than usual in the preseason games, they're probably going to be down pretty quickly. And by them, I mean the Giants. If they're down pretty quickly, you're going to have a similar situation that I was just speaking of for Elliott. Saquon's going to lose out on touches. They're already talking about taking some touches away from him in the first couple weeks to make sure he's good to go, keep him healthier, let him recover fully in case there's still some recovering he needs to do. And I believe that that's a smart decision by the organization, one of the few smart decisions by the organization. And so Saquon Barkley is somebody I'm staying away from, if possible, versus Denver. That's mainly for DFS, though. Start him, just lower your expectations in regular weeks. The Broncos running backs are also sits versus the Giants for me. You guys know I love Javonta Williams. Absolutely, I do. But he might just be getting 40% or 50% of the work the first couple weeks. That's not going to be good enough versus a Giants defense that's very good. And Melvin Gordon, no matter what share he's getting, because it's not going to be ridiculous, it's still not going to be good enough versus the Giants defense. So as of right now, and I told you, if you're drafting Javonta Williams, which hopefully you did, I endorse that selection 100%, and I have Javonta Williams in a bunch of places. So hopefully you drafted him, but you're going to have to be patient with him. You're going to have to give him till week four, week five, week six. He'll be a solid flex play then. After that, he might end up taking over the backfield by week, you know, halfway through the season or if Melvin Gordon gets hurt, obviously. But even if Melvin Gordon doesn't get hurt, probably by midseason, he's getting 65, 60% of the work, which is going to be a lot for the Denver offense because they're, they got a good defense behind him. They're going to be in very close games very often and Teddy Bridgewater likes to dump it off to the running back so that's good for Javonta and Melvin as well so that's why I like him long term but week one versus the Giants I think this is going to be an ugly low scoring game no thank you then we've got Mac Jones versus Miami Mac Jones looked really good in the preseason I'll give it to him and he's got some weapons way better weapons than what the Patriots had to offer Cam last year but I'm not starting Mac Jones versus Miami Brian Flores was in New England Brian Flores has played Bill Belichick well since his stint and tenure in Miami. So 
I don't see, one, a reason for that to change. Two, Mac Jones is a rookie. It's going to be his first week, and he's going up against a pretty solid defense, and he doesn't have rushing upside. So I want no part in Mac Jones in week one versus Miami. And then David Montgomery versus the Rams, sitting him too. That's going to be a crap show. I was going to say the other one, but that's going to be a crap show, a crap fest, whatever you want to say. The Bears are going to get destroyed by the Rams. Absolutely obliterated. Aaron Donald is going to wreak havoc, and Stafford and Cup and Woods are going to run up the scoreboard really quickly, and it's going to make it very hard for David Montgomery to get a lot of carries. So, And Justin Fields ain't starting, so that's not going to help him be more efficient because there's no threat of a rushing quarterback or anything of that nature. So David Montgomery is going to struggle week one. People are going to be questioning their decision to draft him. Don't overreact in that way. All right, it's just one week, but for week one, no thank you. Now let's get into my five favorite betting lines. So basically what I do here is I I go into, I actually use the Bleacher Report app. They have a really nice, simple, easy to look at layout on betting lines. So I go in and look at that. And I'm going to pick my five favorite betting lines every single week. The goal every week is to win more than you lose, obviously. So we're picking five. The goal is to win three every single week. Last year in 2020, I didn't do this the whole season. Last year in 2020, I went 11 and 8. So profit margin of three bets. So this year, trying to go three for five every week. And, you know, over the course of the season, that'd be seven, wait, three for, yeah, 17 more per, or 17 more (laughs) bets correct over the season. So for the five favorite betting lines, I'm going to start us out with the 49ers game. The 49ers are favored by 7.5 versus the Jared Goff-led Detroit Detroit Lions. That's disgusting. The 49ers are going to dominate the Lions. It is probably going to be the biggest blowout of the week. I really think the biggest blowout of the week is going to be the 49ers versus Lions. There's only one other that might happen, and I kind of hinted at it already. And that's also one of the betting lines for this week. But bet one, I'm taking the 49ers minus seven and a half versus the Lions to cover. So they're going to win by at least eight points. At least. That's an easy one for me. Then we've got an over-under that I want to focus on. And it's a game that I told you guys we'll be coming back to. It's a game that I think is going to be very high scoring. A lot of fantasy points to go around. Two bad defenses on both sides pretty much. And that's the Eagles versus Falcons. The over-under is set at 48.5. I think this game is going to get near the 60s. I could easily, especially in week one when defenses are having trouble, there's you know, plenty of examples last year of games just being ridiculous and out of hand because defenses don't know what the offense that they're going up against is going to look like. You could say the exact same thing for the Eagles and Falcons. Jalen Hurts only played three and a half games last season. And they have a bunch more weapons this year. So nobody knows what that offense is going to look like, really. And the Falcons have a new coaching staff. And they now have Kyle Pitts and Mike Davis. That offense could look completely different as well. So both of these defenses are going to struggle trying to figure out what these offenses are doing. That's going to make it way easier to score. It's week one. There's no blueprint. So I see that being a contributing factor. As well as the fact that both of them had bad, have bad defenses and plenty of weapons on offense. So this game is going to go into the 60s total. It's probably going to be like a 28-35 or something ridiculous. So at 48.5, I'm taking the over 
for sure slam that one. So that's two. Pick number three is the Packers-Saints game. The Packers are favored by four and a half. Maybe it's a little bit of a Jameis slander bias, whatever you want to say. I actually wouldn't mind seeing the guy be successful, even though he never did anything for my team, really. I mean, he provided plenty of highlights and fantasy points for the Bucks, But in terms of success and playoffs, obviously, that was not provided. But anyways, without getting on a Jameis tangent, the Packers are only favored by four and a half versus the Saints. How are the Saints possibly going to be anywhere close to beating the Packers? Please explain that to me. Please explain that to me. Jameis Winston is a turnover-prone guy. Okay, that's number one. Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, they're not going to keep up with Aaron Rodgers, who has Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb's now back, Amari Rodgers. That is an, a pretty decent offensive line. What do the Saints have? Michael Thomas? No. Nope. Adam Troutman? Nope. Nope. Emmanuel Sanders? Oh, nope. He's in Buffalo. He's in Buffalo now. He left. Latavius Murray? Okay. Alvin Kamara? Nice. Marquez Callaway? Well, we haven't seen anything other than preseason. That's it. Traquan Smith, he's been in the league for three or four years and hasn't done anything. That's it. Jawan Johnson, he was a wide receiver converted to tight end. We'll see what happens. There's no reason to be confident in this offense. Absolutely no reason. So, am I thinking that the Saints can win this game at all? No. Do I think they'll be anywhere close? No. I think the Packers are going to win pretty, pretty easily versus the Saints. So I'm taking that one easily. Packers to cover minus four and a half. So they're favored by four and a half. They're going to do better than that. Now let's go to pick four. Rams, Bears. This is the only game that might be a bigger blot than the 49ers-Lions game. The Rams are favored by seven versus the Bears. The Rams are going to blow out the Bears, 100%. No doubt in my mind. And then lastly, we have the Jets-Panthers. It's an interesting one. So I actually struggled to find my fifth favorite betting line, but I I landed here. So the Jets are underdogs by four and a half points versus the Panthers. So the Sam Darnold-led Panthers are supposed to win by four and a half points versus the Jets. Ooh, I don't know. I I think that's a risky one. I think that's a risky one. I could easily see Zach Wilson and the Jets pulling this one out. Because the Panthers' defense, while they have a lot of young studs, they're still not there yet. I think they will be, and I think they'll be a formidable defense in a couple years. But they're not there yet. And Sam Darnold, as much as you want to look at the upgraded weapons and the better offensive mind, it's week one. He's not going to have much chemistry with these guys, except for maybe Robbie Anderson. But that's if they are using Robbie Anderson in the same light that Sam Darnold is used to. And... It's, I just I think Sam Darnold's going to struggle the first couple of weeks. As Zach Wilson might as well because he's a rookie, sure, but he's looked pretty good in the preseason. And I don't really think that either one of these teams is like massively more talented than the other. So I'm going to actually take the Jets to cover being underdogs by four and a half points. I think the Jets might actually win. Segmenting me or segueing me, geez, it's been a while, segueing me into the next segment. Betting on the underdog. All right. So, what's the rule? Because I have a rule for this, right? If there's a game that's like one team is favored by one point or two points or two and a half points, I'm not going to select that for betting on the underdog because they're not really an underdog. They're 
pretty much it's pretty much a 50-50. One team is just favored because they're at home or something like that. So what I do is I look at all the games that the spread is three points or more, and then I pick my favorite underdogs. And we were just talking about the Jets-Panthers. Obviously, I said that they might win. They're one of my favorite underdogs to bet on this week, and they are my third favorite, Jets against Panthers. Now, my first favorite is the Eagles versus the Falcons. The Falcons are favored. I could easily see the Eagles win this game, super easily, because Jalen Hurts has legs that keep plays alive. Miles Sanders is there. Kenny Gainwell is there. Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. Six names that are all pretty good right there. And Zach Ertz, actually, he's debatable, but five names, we'll say, right there that are pretty good. And the Falcons' defense ain't great. And Matt Ryan is learning a new system. What happens every time Matt Ryan loses, learns a new system? He loses efficiency. So I think the Eagles can win this game. They're my favorite underdog to bet on. The second favorite underdog for me to bet on Whew. Going out on a limb a little bit here. It's the Bengals. The Bengals versus the Vikings. I would feel way better about this if Jamar Chase looked good in the preseason. But the Vikings defense still is not very good. The Bengals, oh, they're a sneaky team. If Joe Burrow just looks good and they can give him a tiny bit of time, just a tiny bit of time to get the ball out to T. Higgins, Joe Mix, and Tyler Boyd, I could see the Bengals possibly beating the Vikings. But I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want to lead you astray. All right? This is more of a gut check for me. Usually, when I'm making bet picks, it's more logical. I just have a feeling about this game. It's a gut check. Bengals are going to be very close to beating the Vikings. Then, lastly, pick four, Giants against the Broncos. The Broncos are favored. I think it's going to be a super low-scoring game, as I mentioned earlier. And in super low-scoring games, the difference is one play. One play that leads to a touchdown is the difference in a game that's going to look like, you know, 21-17 or 17-10 or whatever the, the case may be. So I could see the Giants pulling it out versus the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater is not like a super explosive dude. So I doubt that offense is going to go crazy. And the Giants defense has, you know, a lot of good pieces and they're coached well. So that's why I like the Giants versus the Broncos as my fourth favorite underdog to bet on. I got four for the week. Usually I'm going to do four or five. My goal is to hit three out of the four. That's really hard because they're all underdogs. So if I do do that, that's quite the accomplishment. And lastly, the last section, and then we will head out, is the survivor pick. So unfortunately, it's kind of kind of sucky. But FanDuel, I cannot find, maybe they didn't put it up yet, but I cannot find the Survivor Contest on FanDuel. And I can find it on DraftKings, but instead of the prize pool being $100,000 like it was last year, it's only $30,000 this year. And instead of all the money going to the last remaining person, it's like capped at like 1000 to whoever gets first place. So super weird. I don't know how it's going to work this year. But anyways, I will give you guys my Survivor pick. Last year, I finished in the top 3%. The year before that, I finished in the top 3%. So the last two years, I've been in the top 3% on the Survivor runs. Maybe we can get it all the way to the end this year. And I'm starting off week one with the Jaguars versus the Texans. The Jaguars versus the Texans. Are you sure about that? Oh, yeah, I am. I am sure about that. You know why? Because the Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence 
LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, James Robinson, and you know who the Texans have? Brandon Cooks, and that's it. That's the offense. Brandon Cooks is the offense for the Texans. Whereas the Jacksonville Jaguars have a bunch, and both of them have crappy defenses, so those cancel out. So I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to bring it home. You want to get the teams that are bad and risky, you want to get them out the way when you have the opportunity to do so. I am not ever going to want to pick the Jaguars when they're versus any team that's halfway decent. They are not doing that this week. They're playing the Texans. So that's why I'm taking the Jaguars. I think the Texans are going to be the worst team in the league, assuming Deshaun Watson never comes back in place. If Deshaun does come back and play, ooh, that's going to be tough. Then I think the worst team in the league might be probably the Lions. I think the Lions would be probably one of the front runners for that first overall pick. So that's another one. But the Texans versus the Jaguars. Jaguars are going to carve them up, I think. So that's why I'm going to take them week one in the Survivor Contest. You can follow me if you want. If you don't, it's all good. But if I get to the end and you ain't there, just know I gave you the keys. So Jaguars versus Texans. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning in. After... This podcast episode, from here on out, we're going to have a lot more to talk about. So we just did, you know, starts, sits, favorite betting lines, all that good stuff. Well, next week, I'm going to start the podcast off with analyzing my starts and sits that I just gave you. So we're going to go over, because I keep it I keep it very, very, true. what's the word? I like to keep it <laughs> at the point where I'm being uh, wide open. You know, you can see what I did wrong, what I did right, not hiding anything. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my hits and whiffs every single week. I'm going to talk about the betting lines that we did, all the starts and sits, what we learned, because there's plenty of things to learn every single week. Who's the lead running back in Houston, for example? That's something we'll, we will learn, stuff like that. So we've got a lot coming up. There's one difference, waiver wires. I used to always talk about that on the podcast because I would have a podcast come out Monday night, and then I would have a podcast come out right before Thursday games on Thursday. Since I'm doing one a week and it's coming out on Wednesday, I'm not going to be able to get to you guys in time for you to do waivers. So you need to pay attention to my Twitter and my Instagram. I will be posting a picture with how much money I would drop on all the guys on the waiver, like what percentage of money I would drop on them, and guys I like. So if you're looking for waiver pickups, either DM me or just Check out a post that I probably put up on a Monday or Tuesday. So that's how waivers are going to work. Everything else is going to be on the podcast. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Drop a rating, drop a review. Peace.